This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series Compact Tractors, part of our under 100-horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. Hello. This is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad. But not for your ears. For your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. Welcome to the Cottage Talk post-match show. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen in the upper right-hand corner if you're watching the live feed. And in the lower box, the secret square, is Mr. Yanis And as he is uh, letting everyone know he's excited to be here, I know Max is always excited to be here. And we have another victory to discuss. We're going to be discussing Fulham's 1-0 victory against Birmingham City, a tale of two halves. I've heard all the talk about this match being boring. I'm not going to disagree. Second half was much better. But, guys, let's not waste any time talking about this. And I also want to mention that this will be a podcast as well. Mr. Janaeus, I'm going to go to you first. Give me your opening thoughts on the 1-0 victory for Fulham against Birmingham City on Saturday. Oh, I felt terrible for the Parker haters. They must have just... <laughs> they had a, they're 95 minutes in the game, yes. Who should we get next? Is it Chris Hewton? <laughs> Lee yes. Johnson. Yeah, Lee Johnson, even though he got fired that night, thinking this is just brilliant. Um, is there anything more exciting than winning a last-minute game? Oh, it, was, it, was, it was superb. But um, the way the table is going now, um, I think it's fairly safe to say that it looks like 
we're going to be playing Nottingham Forest or Cardiff in the in, in the playoffs, and uh, so it's nice to get some momentum. Two wins on the on the trot without Mitro, nearly two games uh, without conceding a goal. At this end of the season, business end, you've got to get wins. We got the win; it was late, so be it. Three points, and we look forward to uh, the trip to the city ground tomorrow night or tomorrow late afternoon. It's a five p.m. kickoff, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that. I'll get your predictions at the end of the show. But we need to go through this match. And Mr. Cohen, how are you doing, my friend? And just give me your opening thoughts on the match, the victory against uh, Birmingham City. And, of course, I have to make it Mad Max's opening <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, well, a little less mad today. But, uh, you know, I was delighted. You know, it's two wins in a row. I don't think there's any uh, reason we can't go on and win the league now with a four more in. Um, no, I'm joking. But here's the thing. Uh, listen, I was as delighted as anyone uh, to get that last-minute winner. Really happy for Onema. He's had a, t- a tough season. He started off really poorly, and I think I was one of the first to criticize him for, for his performances. But I think he's really coming to his own. And if he doesn't start against Forrest t- tomorrow night, I don't know what Parker's doing. I think he deserves to start ahead of uh, Harry Arter. He was like totally when he came on. He changed the match in a way. He did. But we, we can't ignore what happened. And I'm not going to say for the, for the last 95, because I think – from minute perhaps eighty onwards, we were we were. Oh, we were it was all Fulham at that point. Yeah. So for the fact, last fifteen minutes, we were good. That's what yeah. we should be. Totally. Agree. As I've seen so many people say, why do we wait until the last part of matches to turn that on? There's no reason we couldn't have started out that match dominating Birmingham and pressing them in their own half. We're a better side. We know that. If we play like that, that first half and the first whatever eighty minutes. We're not going up, guys. I mean, we're not going to beat a team like Forrest or Cardiff, as Giannis mentioned. And even if we do beat them, we're not going to beat a team like Brentford or even West Brom in the playoff final. That's just not good enough. And, and I understand the joy in grinding out results. And believe me, I was, I was delighted. I love grinding out results. It's, it's amazing. But when you're grinding out 1-0 results at home to Birmingham City in the business end of the season, yeah. when you should be hitting your final form, I mean, if you look what happened when we went up in 2018, this part of the season, we were hitting our final form. We were in very excellent form, you know, apart from the, the last the loss to Birmingham. We were playing teams essentially off the park, and we were getting win after win after win, chasing Cardiff in second. This season, although we've won two in a row, I, would, I don't think anyone would call us in a form. Now, I'm not here to say, you know, Parker should be sacked. You know, I, I don't believe that. But I need to see something more from this team. I need to see some atta- creative, cre- creative attacking play. Because well, I think can, you, you know, saw that at the end of the match. No, I agree, Ross. And, and I agree, but I think, listen, there's, what, five matches to go before the playoffs, which I think it's likely we're going to be in the playoffs. I don't think we can drop out now based on that win, which is good news. Right. But I, I need to see something more, or else I don't think any Fulham fan can be optimistic playing, you know, some of the best sides in the league come the playoffs. Well, see, this is where I disagree, and uh, I'll get your thoughts and uh, go back to you on that, and then I want Giannis's thoughts. We do disagree here. And I said this on full-time, Max. I understand where you're saying that if we play like this, we can't beat sides like that. I disagree because it's really a style that I think travels, and it travels a lot of different sports. Again, it's not my favorite style. I'm not going to lie. I want them to play more attacking football, but I think they're showing that they are hard to beat. Yes, they can bore you to death, Max, but they are, again, opportunistic when they have to be. They're solid and they can grind out a victory. There's something to be said about that. And I think that is a culture that they're building. Now, again, w- would I prefer 
attractive football to go along with uh, the victories? Absolutely. But I don't think this is a reflection that they can't beat these sides. I keep hearing that. And, Giannis, I want to go to you because Max is bringing up a topic that I hear often. They're not going to be able to play this way and beat teams in the playoff semifinal and potential final if they play like this. I disagree. I think they can. Not that, again, I would prefer the Jokanovic way, but it's the Parker ball way, and that's just the way it is. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think the end of this, the regular season, um, it it's almost thrown out of the window because you've got it's the playoffs, and anything can happen. But I I think um, it's an interesting situation. We're in a lull right now because we've got we've got the Forest game well to, tomorrow night, and we've got Cardiff. Right. And the question becomes: When Mitro comes back. Who is the settled lineup that is going to go into the playoffs? Assume we don't make top two, and I don't believe we will. So, um, I, I think the functionality of playing it tight and cagey will work if there's an improvement. Reem played better Saturday. Hector was in and out. If the back four has a, a semblance of solidity, where against good teams, I don't get worried about we're going to get ham- hit on the break. Right. We're not going to have brain cramps. I'm. If I have any concerns right now, it's the fact, it's the rotation of the squad. Uh, uh, Onoma came on and made a difference. Brian came on and made a difference. Absolutely. The substitutions made a difference. Yeah. And, I, and, and Scotty deserves a lot of credit for that. But he things, does. I have to give things, him his credit on that. There are things that, that worry me. Uh, K-Mac and Steph Joe. Um, I'm hoping one, at least one, gets a start tomorrow. And if not, against Cardiff. We've got to get... The players have to be match fit. And I'm worried that we're going to go into playoffs and we've used the same players and all of a sudden we don't really have a plan B because you've got to look at the the shape of the players. A criticism that's been levied at Mitro is that Mitro hasn't quite been in shape. Robbo said something after the the post-game and I agreed with him. I don't don't think Mitro's been at his best. And I'm not sure. Yeah, he why. did say that. Yes, he did. In full time, he did. And it, I went, oh, okay. So um, we've got to find a way. I think there has to be more rotation in the squad. Um, am I in favour of the conservative approach? No, I'm not. But he's a young coach who has his own little ways. And will it work? We'll see. One good thing about playing these teams Brentford are expansive. Yeah. If it's Brentford. The fodder. Uh, West Bum. Oh, no, 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 they'd be second. So, okay, so Nottingham Forest are a fairly expansive team. Cardiff are more... Um, Still Cardiff long is, ball. Yeah, but, but interestingly enough, they've scored a lot of goals off the bench this year, and that's something we've got to yep. keep an eye out. Yeah. But our style can win, um, but everybody has to be playing well. And not everybody is. And there's a couple of players, I think, are, are conning a living right now. That's all I can put it. And I don't think it should be in the lineup, but that's just me. Okay. Um, well, we can talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got Yes, I'm zoned on that one. <laughs> okay. Well, Giannis, you brought up something that actually Emilio mentioned in the uh, last show. He wanted us to talk about this. So I'm going to share this with you guys. Okay. Here's the question. He wants, wanted to know our thoughts on Metro. Now, Fulham have gotten these last two victories. 
And Max, I'll go to you first because Giannis has brought up the point. While obviously Mitro is going to be back and and uh, we're going to integrate him back when he comes back, and especially in the playoffs. But I just want to ask you the basic question: How much have Fulham missed Mitro in these last two matches? Now they're victories, but they're you know again they are ugly victories. How much have they missed Mitro? Yeah, I mean, let's not overthink this, right? We we lost to Leeds and Brentford, two of the best sides in the division, with Mitro. And we beat Birmingham and QPR, two of two poor sides, you know, without him. It's nothing to do with Mitro. I think we're just playing worse teams. And if you look at the, I think, the atrocities that Bobby Reed has put on the pitch, you know, the exception of his role in the Anima goal, I think he's one of the worst finishers I've seen in a really long time. And I don't say that lightly. I don't want to, you know, keep criticism on Bobby Reed, but it's clear he can't play the central striker position. I think a lot of the reason that we haven't created anything playing so poorly is that we have no focal point without Mitro. So I, I don't want to. I don't want to say we we have missed. Of course, we missed Mitro. That's obvious. Yeah. And even if he's not in shape, he still puts away the the open the open goal miss that Bobby Reed missed late on. Um, and I also want to push back on something you guys were talking about because Go you're on. saying, "Listen, I'm okay with Fulham playing a tight and cagey style." I would agree with that. But what we saw against Birmingham was not tight and cagey. It was just poor. It was just mediocre. It was, it, was, it was nothing. That was not tight and cagey. That was a team that ran out of attacking ideas. It wasn't that we were under the cost from a good side. If we played a side like Leeds or West Brom, we sat back and got a late 1-0. That's a different story. We're playing, playing Birmingham City, okay? This team had six shots on target, six, six shots the entire match. It's not a good side. And that's what I take issue with is that when you're playing a really bad side at home, I think if we want to get promoted, we have to see a team like Birmingham as a poor side. We can't see them as a worthy adversary. We should be sweeping them away. If we're playing them at home, the fact that I don't think there was a shot on target the entire first half, that's a massive worry. And okay. that to me isn't playing tight and cagey. That to me is lacking all ideas in the attacking sense. But okay. you can flip that though, Max. You Go can ahead. Flip that. If you look if you look at look at the okay, Leeds thumped us at Ellen Road. Yep. And then Luton went in there, who were bottom, <laughs> took the lead. Play, play pretty well, then Leeds. I mean, get a one-one draw, and Leeds fans were just were just beside themselves. You, we are drawing with the worst team in the division. They bounce back at the weekend, and then lose five nothing at home to Reading. You go, well, where's that come from? Because I think it's it's um, you know, it's it's a possession style game. And it's something that is being ground into the players. And it may not be for necessarily easy on the eye, but at least it's not Cardiff. It's not long ball. Right. Um, it's just a system he set up as a young coach. And I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, um, I, I go back to Sir Alex Ferguson at the same time. The Come same on. Time, no, no, Get no, out of here. No. Sir not Alex the same Ferguson, sentence, Giannis. Sir Alex, Please. Sir Alex Ferguson had a worse record at United he was a game away from being fired, and I, I remember this very well. The, the knives are out for him, and they stuck by him. This is a coach, you know, you know, if you look at our turnover of coaches in the last 10 years, it's been horrendous. And some sense of stability, I think, is really, really important. And that's why I was saying to somebody online today, you know, there was the list, somebody put up a poll of the worst full of managers ever. Yeah. Somebody put Martin Yol. Come on. Oh, that's hard. Come on. That's hard. Really? That's I got him a man of the decade, if you guys remember. Oh, that. no. no um, the worst I remember manager, that. Oh, I mean, just shock. Like, what are you doing? The worst manager I ever saw was Alan Dix, and he was terrible. I mean, because you had the combination of being in a lower division 
the team was shockingly poor and he was even worse and you can imagine the, the call from the stand to do with his name and out right i won't go that but um <laughs> I, I think that you know he's got his style but then people say, well, why don't we get Lee, you know, Lee Johnson? Lee Johnson was at Bristol City for five years and he couldn't yeah. get him over the line. Yeah. He's had a, this is his first full season as a manager. A first full season. Give him the chance. Give him the benefit of the doubt. I think, I think uh, the two wins we ground out without Mitro were tough games. We made it tough, but we ground out results. What I'm going to say next, I'm going to just get, I know I'm going to get the, I'm going to draw the ire and you're both going to laugh at me. And I'm going to deal with it accordingly. Okay. Here I it comes, watched, Max. And this is a former Fulham player, I have to say. <laughs> okay. I watched the Millwall-Charlton game uh, that Millwall won one nothing, mm-hmm. And, you know, I was watching Matt Smith. I knew you were going there. Okay. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. You, you want to know why Millwall are doing so well? There's your fella. There's Matt your Smith. fella. Because his first touch, his hold-up play right now, is is as good, if not better, than anybody's in the division, he, and that's even the even Mitro, you know, after the break has been sort of in and out. But Matt Smith doesn't. Charlton are not, uh, you know, t- they've had a tough circumstance. I feel sorry, desperately sorry for them, you know. Um, but man, he's he's been a huge component of, of where they are. They could make playoffs, and that's the kind of hold up play that I don't think we've been getting from Mitro. So I could think I thought, geez, if Mitro could do that. He's bigger than Mitro. Yeah. He's older than Mitro. He uses his body extremely well, but he doesn't lose challenges, and he's very good at flick-ons, and he's playing at the top of his game. I thought if Mitro gets in that sort of form and we go into playoffs, then I think we're in good shape. I thought I'd mention that. I'm going to get laughed at, but I, I, to me, I was like, holy. And, but he did that at Fulham. He did, I mean, we lost he in the did. QPR, and, and, and I was sorry he left because he did a good job. So, he did it. He wasn't bad for form, but... No, he wasn't at all, no. Yeah. He brought us a little bit of stability. He was a classic hold-up play, uh, play yeah. and not quick. Well, they don't have anyone no. right now without yeah. Mitro, and that's no. also a problem. They don't have someone to do that. Uh, Bobby Decadova-Reed certainly can't do that. So that's an issue, yeah. but it's only for one more match. That's very interesting that you said that, Yanis. Yeah. All, right. all right, I have to share a couple of comments, and uh, if you're watching live, feel free to... Share some comments. Here's number one, guys. This is from Billy Cassie. Agree with Max. Need to see more QPR. Need to see more QPR in Birmingham. We're poor. Next three matches will be a whole different ball game. Need uh, to stay up, uh, to step up and play. That's very interesting from Billy Cassidy. All right. So I thought I would share that with you guys. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on, guys. And I want to ask you this because I, I did this with Emilio as well. So the turning point of the match, what, let's go there right now. Max, what was the turning point of the match for you? I think you could say when Brian and Anima came on. I'm not sure if they came on at the same standpoint, but around that period, period of the match, we started to get a lot more width from Brian. As Giannis mentioned, it was a really great substitution by Parker because we were playing attention to Doyle as left back, and he's a right-footed, he's a right-footed player at left back. He's always going to yep. tuck inside. So Brian, I think showed that when he comes on late in the match, not as a defensive option, but almost as an attacking wing back, that can be a really effective position for him, which I like to see because he's been having a really tough time of it. Everyone knows how poorly he's played in defensive areas since the restart. So I was happy for him personally to get back on. And then when Onama came on, I thought he added that extra drive from midfield, something we've been missing 
Arter, I don't hate him as, as much as some fans do, but it's clear that he's not the engine that Onuma can be in. Onuma, I think, is actually a lot better at dribbling past players and can link up, link up the attack a lot more effectively. And you saw that with the goal. So I think it was late on the substitutions. Now, that being said, we need to start out matches like that. It, it, again, it should not take until the last 15 minutes at home to Birmingham for us to dominate. There, there are periods in, in, the, in the first half when it was so slow. And this gets to my point about Harrison Reed. Is yeah. that the reason Harrison Reed looks so good in this team is because he's the only player who plays quick. And he just looks miles above everybody else with that tenacity and his effort. But honestly, I, I think he's a good player, but he's not a great player. But because everyone around him is so slow and plodding in, in their build-up play, Harrison Reed looks like a world beater right now. So for me... That speed of play shouldn't have to wait until the last, you know, stage of the match. We should be able to produce that, if not from the off, at least sometime before the 75th minute. And that's not an unreasonable ask. Okay. That's very interesting because turning point, I was going to say Joe Bryant, but you could very easily combine it and say the two substitutions, Giannis of uh, Joe Bryant and Josh Onima. But very interesting thoughts from Max because when you think about it, when you look at it, I've been screaming, they just need to do – Everything faster. And I'm glad that he talked about Harrison Reed because he's at a different speed than the rest of the team. He is. That's a great point by Max because they are not as fast as he is. But I go back to something that you said. Would you consider Josh Onama a meat and potatoes kind of player? That's one of your favorite lines, my friend. Would he be someone, you know, because, again, he offers something different than Harry Archer. And I thought he also changed the match. I thought that those two substitutions changed the match. What was the turning point from, for you for this match, Giannis? Actually, I thought it was the first 15 minutes of the game. Um, really? I thought, um, yeah, I do. Because Bellingham could have scored a hat-trick early. He, he, he should have so scored So you're going on the mistakes. Yeah. Surviving the mistakes. Yeah, so okay, that's a fair point. I thought Bellingham, Bellingham um, it, it sounds like he's off to Borussia Dortmund. Yep. And I think that's just a wonderful, uh, a wonderful journey that's going to be for him uh, as a young He's player. He's a good player. He's, He's a good, good player. player. He's a good young player. Yep. And you could tell he was getting a little bit frustrated out there. Things weren't quite going according to plan. But if he did even put away one of those chances, we're in, we're in, in deep doo-doo. We've got, to, we've got to learn from that. And I was a little bit relieved when I looked at their lineup and I saw Jutkovic wasn't starting. I know. And he didn't uh, come on until late. And he didn't come on until late. And Bellingham, I know Bellingham's quality is such that I'm very surprised that Premier League teams haven't been knocking on the door. It's, a, it's, it's an odd one. But way back when, English players didn't go to Germany yeah. because German, German clubs had this thing about bringing English players in. But we're starting to see more and more. And it's more similar style in terms of the, um, what they do in, in terms of the teams there compared to the Premier League. I mean, they have the best attendances in Europe. Yep. Um, their, their fans are fanatical. Um, their media coverage is even more fanatical. And I think that's a great move for Bellingham. It's, it's obviously a club that's recognized talent. He scores. He really should have scored two of those chances early on. And oh, yeah, absolutely. That, it, it, it's, it's game over. So yep. if I'm Scotty, I'm very pleased with the win, obviously. But I look at the first 15 and say, you can't start games like Turtles. You cannot allowed good players. Yeah, to get this has in. been consistent. They've been doing this the entire season. So who is that a reflection on? Is it on Parker, the players, or both? Because they start the – tell me a match where they've come out, out of the blocks. Tell me a match because I can't remember. 
probably Millwall at home. Um, okay, where, where that's can, the exception to the rule. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's natural season. That was, that was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. I would again. I'm not. I'm going to look at the players because when okay. you cross the white line and the whistle's blown, it's the players or others. Scotty can't do it. Or, there's just no way. Uh, and I'm just. I, I'm looking at the synergy between Hector and Reem. Reem had a better game, but it, but Scotty's still not convinced about his fullbacks. I mean, he brought Christie back in, which I thought was a great idea. Yeah. Um, Dennis Adoy is a man for all seasons, you know, which is great. But he's not completely sold. I mean, looking next year, I think we may have a very interesting looking back four. And it won't, a couple of those players may well be gone. But they started off very slowly against Birmingham. A um, friend of mine who's a Huddersfield diehard watched the game, the 3 three nothing game at St. Andrews, and said that, I mean, Huddersfield have been struggling. Yeah. Um, they're probably going to stay up because of the Wigan disaster, which is whole other mess. But he said that Birmingham would, would gruesome last Tuesday. Gruesome. He said um, he made, they made Huddersfield look like Brazil. It was just, <laughs> Birmingham, what you could tell, were really, really struggling. They couldn't put anything together and nothing seemed to be going right either. I mean, this 90, the Onama goal was symptomatic of the sort of start they've had since the break. They've not yeah. had many breaks. Bristol City, you need luck, right? Bristol City, I think Lee Johnson is a good manager. They've got good players. But since the break, they've come out completely cold and not a lot has gone right for them. So we took advantage of that. That was great. But um, we've got to get off to a better start because that, to me, is a turning point. Epot's one or two yep. of those. It's over. Okay. We have uh, some more comments. I'm going to share this one. This one, I think, goes along with what we're talking about, guys. So this is – actually, actually, this is from James Dowden. I, I pushed the wrong button. That's a goal. Hi, guys, from James Dowden watching us live. Actually – it was from Combe Bugler. Guys, he says, when is he going to let the handbrake off the team? And this is a theme that I keep seeing, keep hearing. I want both of your thoughts on this. Is he holding these players back, or are the players just not doing their jobs? It's something that we've talked about, Giannis. Max, I'll give you first shot at this. Yeah, is this about, is yeah. this about Parker not taking, uh, taking the break off? What, what are your thoughts about that? I don't know. I think the blame has to go around because I addressed this on Twitter at halftime during the match, and we have creative attacking players in the pitch. Even without Mitro, we had Cavalero, Knockar, Decado Vareed, Kearney. Right? These are top-class attacking players yeah. who have the capacity to pull a moment of magic out of their hands. Absolutely. These are great players. They're not performing. They're not, I can't, you can't name one of those players and say they're playing at their best. No, they're absolutely not. They're best. So... A big part of this blame has to go to the players. Okay. I think Paul honestly could tell them, listen, play all you want. Play like, you know, Holland, you know, total football. Everyone just switch positions or play like Brazil. And still they wouldn't be doing that well because the players, something is happening with them and they're not performing. But then okay. again, you take a step back and you say, what does it say to you if all of those players are not performing at the same time? Does it perhaps go deeper than the players? Is it something the manager is saying? I do think the style of Parker Bowl that we're doing now Yes. It leads to what, you know, called, called the handbrake. There's a handbrake in the fact that we play so slow. Yes. And I, don't, I don't know if it's as simple as Parker saying to his team, pick up the pace. 
to assume. I mean, he surely he said that before. It doesn't take a genius to realize that. I think he said that at halftime because they were a different side of the second half. Yeah, but, but why? Why did it take until halftime? Why can you do that in training before the match? That's I don't know. Is what, is what and I that's the, the question. That, yeah, and that's, that's a part of criticism, which yes. is that he should know what's going on. This isn't yes. a, a massive mystery to why we're not playing well. Yes. So and in any yeah. I think I think that honestly, a lot of what has to happen is that players step up, but Parker okay. also has to take. Okay, and and this is a legitimate question from Coleman, and I've seen this over and over again, and and uh, that's why I find it interesting when you look at, look at it on its face. Is he instructing his players just to play a certain way? Is he just not letting them express themselves, Giannis? So what are your thoughts about what Colm asked us here? When is he going to let the handbrake off the team? What are your thoughts on that? I agree with Colm. Colm, I think you're I, – I, you're absolutely right about the handbrake on the team. I believe he won't let the handbrake off the team because he doesn't trust the team. I think this is where let's go back to last season. He took back, he, you know, he um, was manager for the last several games of the season. Tony Khan has made these signings. Yes. Not, not Scotty. These are Tony signings. These I totally Tony agree with that. Signings. These are Tony signings. Maybe Onama yeah. might be – that one might be Scott Parker's because of knowledge he had of him at Tottenham. But I think right. the majority of these players are Tony's players. Right. So it's not like he's a Mourinho or a Guardiola or a Hodgson or a Deitch where he will go into the general manager's office and say, look, I need these kinds of players. Tony Khan has picked these players. I think by doing what he's doing and directing them to play the way he does, there are a number of players that he has in his squad, including starters, that he does not trust. And so he doesn't trust that if they're going to be expansive that they can do the recovery bit. It's, it's what you do off the ball is as important as what you do on. Okay. These are not Scotty's players. So with that in mind, I think come the end of the season, regardless of whether we go up or not, and this is, I have to tell you, this is what is worrying me because of the knockout and Cavalier um, resigning. I know. Uh, I was thinking yeah. about exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. They're, I mean, Scott, um, they're, not produ- they're not producing. I'm sorry. They're not producing. And to me, they are not worthy of contract extensions. Harrison I totally Lee, agree with that, China. Giannis. I'm yeah. on board with you 100%. The fact that, you know, again, it hasn't been reported yet with knockout, but we've seen the reports. I'm talking about Fulham haven't made it official yet. But if it's true that Knockhart is now going to be a Fulham player and Cavallaro is, and that neither one have produced to the level that we thought, why are we picking up these options? Why are we re-signing them? Max, you're not going to like this, but I, I, I think I know, I think I know the, the story here. I think Tony, and he's going to deny this to the hells, but I, th- I think I might be right. I think Tony is setting Scotty Parker up. I think what's happening in he's, he's taking because Scotty Parker knows they're not performing. Tony's signed them to extensions, but he knows that at the end of the season, if we don't go up, he can bring in a manager that might be more expansive. You see what I'm saying there? That, so he's nah. got no role in it, and he's no because as a as a manager, you've got to trust your players. Too cynical. Too Listen, as a coach, I'll tell you this. And, and in, okay. okay, it's not the same level. Yeah. Why would I take players on my team that I don't trust? I wouldn't. 
I have, I, I, I've always had, so I've always played usually 4-4-2. Four, four, I'll have the meat and potato players and I, I've got the grinders yep. all closed down. And I'll have a little bit of gravy. So you've got a little bit of speed and a little bit of skill. But, but I insist that, that strikers become the most important defenders when we lose the ball. Right. There are players that are not performing out there and they're not Scotty boys. Scotty wasn't like that as a player. So for me, Tony Khan can turn around and go, well, if we don't get promoted, we need, to, we need a change. You couldn't get the best out of these players. Scotty can turn around and say, but they're not the sort of players I'd bring in. Go back, go back 10 years. Who was playing on the right-hand side, cutting in every day? Damien Duff. Could you, yep. ever call, could you ever worry about Damien Duff not tracking back? Did Damien Duff always produce? This is the thing. Damien Duff was a Scotty Parker kind of player. Yeah. A lot of Roy Hodgson's squad are Scotty types of players, right. honestly. But there's, there's a lot of gravy here. There, there really is. And Tony Khan, to me, there's something... To me, I would have called Scott and said, hey, what do you think about getting Noki and Cavalier? I'd go, no. No, 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 not for that money. We've got... There have to be better players. This is an interesting Giannis conspiracy theory. This is oh, a... no. I, I, no I, I, I think it's honestly... I mean, I, listen, I don't think they've been performing either, but I think what this is is we want to avoid what happened in 2018, 19... When we don't have lone players who just left, then we were left with a bare bone squad. That's possible. That's I just possible. think that's. I don't, I don't think it's really that yeah. deep. But Max, if they're producing, if they're producing, can fans yeah. out there really? Okay, Cavalier's odd, brilliant goal. Can, can how many times does Noki have to miss the target? How many times does Mitro have to make runs? Oh, it drives me nuts. So we're going to talk it's about nuts. him in this match. And that's and that's my thing. It. You've got if you've got a chicken. I can't believe I'm bringing this in, but if you've got a chicken. You're hoping it's going to lay some eggs. You're going to, you hope there's going to be production there. I don't see it wide. I mean, it was, it was Christie that got us a goal there. It was, you know, they could over read cutting inside. That was a, that goal was brilliant. Yeah. That was a goal. Was, but, but where were the wide midfielders? Where were they? Were they in on the, no, it, it took the, the, the interchange there on the right and on them were making a lovely run from deep to score the goal. I, I'm not. A, I'm not happy with Tony right now okay. because the more I look at this squad, honestly, guys, yep. it, the, there's, there's, there's so much imbalance. Oh, I know. It's, it. disjointed. it's disjointed. We've it's talked disjointed. about this. It's all over the shop. And it Scott, is. He's got Scotty's got to make a lovely omelette. He's got to make this lovely meal out of what chicken scratch. He's got. <laughs> you know. No wonder well, we're not worse first or second. Well, Giannis, the quality. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share this. This is from James Down. Let me share this. Okay, what are your thoughts about both of you? Do Fulham wingers play too wide in attack? Max, what are your thoughts about that? I think it's, it's like two things are going on here, right? One thing is that it's the inverted wingers, so you're playing a right footed on the left wing and vice yep. versa. So yeah. in, in that case, they're, if anything, they're playing too narrow. But I see what James is saying because when you think back to last Fulham promotion winning side, who are the wingers? They were Sessignon, and a combination of Piazone, Kamara, Aita. Yeah. But one thing which we always saw from Sessian was that he got central. And he got involved in the box, got involved in the build-up play. Same with Piazone. These weren't players who were just happy to sit on the wing and let the game pass them by. So I think one thing that's happening here is that Cavalier and Knockart and, and Deco Devere, when he plays there, aren't necessarily getting involved in the build-up play in the final third as much as we want them to. So it can seem like they're playing too wide because they're essentially anonymous. Yeah. But if anything, I, I criticize these wingers for being too narrow in their mindset to the point when you're trying to drive down the line to, well, they're too, they're too to cross much. back. They can't do that. Right. All they're doing is they're cutting inside and 
putting in a cross, which is easy for the keeper, which I've done right. saying for a while. So the cross right. is good enough. Right. Listen, and I totally agree with that. I just think that both of them are very selfish and they just think too much one-on-one Giannis. And I, I'm glad that we're talking about this because this is, again, you know, it's a sore subject with me because part of me wants these players to be here long-term, but they haven't produced. So I'm thinking, why are you re-signing these players? And really, whose players are they? Are they Parker's players or are they Tony's players? I think we've established that these two are definitely Tony's players, Yana. So what are your thoughts about all this? Because, again, we've talked about this before. I think both of these players are selfish. I think they should, I think they should be sitting on the bench. The, the, our best wide attacking threats are our fullbacks. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, it doesn't make sense. You've got Brian, Brian defensively, question marks. You put him on the bench. You bring him off. Now he's an attacking threat he's producing. You've got Christie. Adoya was where, you know, Adoya was where Christie is now. You bring Christie on and Christie becomes an attacking threat. You've got these big money players out wide who aren't doing anything. So why are they there? They shouldn't be there. What, I, 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 there's nothing worse. Unless you're a special talent, if you're a Cristiano Ronaldo, you're not going to get them because he's not going to track back. If you're a right. Zlatan or you're Lionel Messi, you're going to go, okay, well, that's them. That's what they do. They, they produce enough. And that's the thing. They produce enough. But when I look at these two buggers on the right, oh, it is mind-numbing. It, it, it truly is. Yeah. You, you, um, you get the bo- um, How many times does Noki have to beat the same man? <laughs> it's not the magic roundabout. You know, and even if you swap the wings, you, Russ, you nailed it on the head. They are, they are selfish players, and we don't have room for that. We just, no, we, we don't, don't. Not we, right now. And that's also no, part don't. of the reason why it's disjointed, guys, because they're not playing together as a team. They're not – again, where is the continuity? I don't see it. No. We saw it, we saw it late in the match. I don't, and, know. I don't know if I'm being a passionate too harsh to the wingers. Listen, I I, I don't like either of them in this current moment. I think both Knockhart and Cavalier are playing poor. But that is the nature of buying a winger in modern football. You get a player who's hit and miss. It's very rare to get the consistent winger that can turn and shift every single match. Because their games, essentially, are... I mean, it's not luck, but it's yeah. a miracle to be pulled off on a consistent basis. That's yeah. why we're so lucky to have Sessino. He was one of the oh, most yeah. consistent footballers I've seen in such a long time. And, and I think we might have been a bit spoiled with him. Because in reality, most wingers are like Knockhart and Cavalier. They'll yeah. have moments of magic, but most of the time, it just doesn't come off. And, and we are in the championship, and we aren't going to have the best quality players. I get the frustration, though. Knockhart yep. and Cavalier both have produced in the Premier League. Theoretically, yep. they should be dealing with this league a lot better than they are now. Oh, they're okay. not, they're not, they're, they're not, to me, they're not smart players. Um, they're, not, um, they're not good decision-makers. And for me, they've got... This this laser focused, um, put your head down and hope something comes off. The best players are the. I'm going to go back to Damien Duff as a good example. Yeah, it's a good uh, example. Ryan Sessin, even Ryan Sessegnon, 17, 18, his pitch awareness was. We've brilliant. missed That's Ryan Sessegnon. I can't believe I'm going to say this now. We missed yeah, Ryan we, Sessegnon. We've missed him, and I hope because yeah, again, silly another, man, silly boy, his agent, well, his agent talked his head off. 
It's very sad. Well, he's a good if guy. anyone's he's seen my tweet he's today, a, I'm very smart angry guy. about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tottenham's a great. Tottenham's a graveyard. Tottenham is a graveyard for. I mean, I watched. I watched part of the Tottenham Everton game today, and yeah. I fell asleep on the couch. Oh, it's terrible! It was, it was terrible. a terrible game. Where's I Ryan Sessegnon? I'll say that again. He wasn't even on the bench, and no. it angers me because he's such a talented player. And you know, I was going to say I was not going to bring up his name. I'm bringing up his name because you know I, I said I can't believe I'm, I'm going to talk about because I, I tweeted about it earlier today. We miss him. There are players that we yeah. miss. I would love to to see him out there right now, Max. Would you agree? And Max has Max has frozen in time. Max has frozen a little bit. Frozen, we got frozen so, Max. So, so you know what? It's a great time to announce my <laughs> candidacy for the president of the United States of America. Okay. Um, and I have to do it because Kanye West has thrown his hat in the Oh, room. yeah. I saw that. All right. Yeah, and, if, All right. and if he's going to do it, I might as well give it a shot. <laughs> All right. While we wait for Max to rejoin us, yes, he got a little frozen there, which is okay. Let's move on, my friend. Thoughts on the starting eleven? Well, um, it was same old, same old, wasn't it, really? Uh, I, I kept thinking, um, uh, I, I, I'm really on this boat right now about K-Mac and Steph Joe needing to be, they need to be given game time. I know that Boo Boo's yep. out, and Boo Boo's out again tomorrow. Yep. Uh, he brought, um, you know, he, he's, um, he's brought Asher back in. Where's Stansfield? I, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, our bench isn't something to be, you know, where we get to, opposing teams would get scared of. But I keep on going about, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, have some rotation. And we're going to need K-Mac and we're going to need Steph Joe. And for me, this would have been a really good opportunity to bring him in the lineup. I'm hoping they're going to, one or both are going to be in the mall. You've got to give them some time. You know, especially now, you're nine points clear of seventh. Yep. You're seven points behind second. Like what you're doing. Tomorrow's result, if we win, Brilliant. Is it going to mean a whole heap of beans? No. So what we need to do now is look at that rotation. That line, I'm sure most fans are out there and just roll to those old oh, Well, Harry R's back in there again. Here comes Mad Max. Extra Sorry, mad. Harry just went out. Big, big storms. So now I'm on my wow. phone. But I'm glad to be back. I'm in, I'm in Giannis' position in the secret. Wow. Square, so I'm, in the, I'm, in, I'm in the northeast where you guys are. Now, we were just about the start in 11, and we were, I was rolling my eyes. You know, Art was back in. Yeah. It's the same old, same old. I wasn't – I'm not a Bobby Decadova Reed hater at all. I understand I, – I, you know, I think he's better come from the central midfield and attacking. I, I like his mobility. I think he works very, very hard, and it's not quite gone according to the plan for him, but I'm, I, I'm not going to trash on him because I see the, the value of what he tries to bring, and the effort is there. The thing about him, the effort is there. Decodo, um, uh, Caviero and Knockhart, I, I don't see that. But we have the same 11, and, of course, Marek was there. Very important Mad Max that Marek was in the net, because you, you know, you've got you to have him there, right? Yep. <laughs> He's nodding with me. He knows it makes sense. Max, you know it makes sense. What, save, what saves did he make? I can't remember it too many. Matter. It's his presence. It was there, the presence. He's going to keep a clean sheet, and he did. Okay, I have to share this. Giannis, I have to share this with you. Giannis for president. I just had to share. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it is, it, it, you know, and, and you guys are obviously Americans. You know what's, uh, I don't know if you know this. 
One of the things about living in Canada, and I've been here for nearly 30 years, is that the presidential election gets so much coverage up here. And Canadians take a much greater interest in the presidential elections than they do in our own federal government. And, you know, we've got Justin Trudeau. And it, it is remarkable. And the, the Kanye, and not Fulham related, unless he's yep. a Fulham supporter, which God bless him. But uh, the Kanye um, announcement has brought up, you know, so many jokes on, uh, on social media. Um, yep. But I feel terrible because wherever we live and, and whatever teams we support um you know our, my friends down in the u.s and yourselves included have to go through everything that we've gone through with this terrible virus and uh i hope that whatever happens in those elections in november um people do the right thing and that is it doesn't matter who you vote for but please vote okay please uh, good stuff there my friend all right i'm gonna share thank you billy couple, <laughs> i'm gonna share another comment this is an interesting one This is actually from Periscope because we're actually live on my Twitter account, GoldieGold55. Focus needs to be on a team that can win two one-off games in the playoffs. Max, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I think now that we've essentially clinched our spot in the top six, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, Does Parker know his best team? I don't know. That's that's the sad thing. What, there were 41 matches played, and I don't think anyone can agree on a consensus starting 11. Yep. I think we'll, we'll know a lot more after Mitro comes back because it's clear that Bobby Dekodova-Reed is not the answer in, in that central striker role. But yep. to be fair to, to Goldie Gold's comment, there, there's a number of players who could slot in center midfield also across the back four. I mean, Joe Bryan's uh, play seems to be at risk. So I think it is quite rare that we're at this stage of the season. And honestly, you could have any number of scenarios for who would start those playoff matches. Okay, very good there. It's good stuff there from you. I'm going to share another comment. I'll give this one to you, Giannis. This is from Craig Marks. Should we be calling Interpol about Stansfield? I mean, seriously, where is he? It's actually a good point. I don't know where he is, but this goes back to the club. The club, again, use the way the Patriots do their thing, the Belichick way. Sorry, Max had to get that in, where they don't share. Yeah, every time. I'm used to it. It has to, be in one show. it has to be in every show. But they don't talk about injuries. They don't talk about things going on with the players. We have no idea with what's going on with Jay Stansfield. Giannis, it's, it's a good point. And I'll, uh, I, Scotty won't admit this, um, but something that he will be desperate for is for Boo Boo to come back. In fact, yeah, I, I would, totally agree. I would actually say he might think, he might believe that Boo Boo might be a bigger addition back in the lineup than Mitro. Because okay. if we really see the value of not having him in there. Because let's put it the way it is. If Boo Boo's in the lineup, Knockhart's not in the lineup. So that's an addition. Okay. He gives a different by perspective. Yeah, by subtraction. Um, to Craig's point, yeah, at Interpol. Interpol, maybe we can get a discount, get Stansfield and, and Boo Boo. I yeah, hate exactly. what the club has done. This is to all the fans out there, whatever differences we have. I think that every fan, wherever you are around the world, deserves the right to know how our players are doing. The, the, the COVID thing was, we know that at least one of our players had COVID. We still don't know who it was. Right. Why are we not shared that information? Do, why don't, aren't we given the right to know because we have concern for the welfare of our athletes because it is there's there's, you're one life 
Why is this secrecy about injuries or illnesses? Oh, Please it's gotten to a point of insanity, honestly. I'm used to yeah, it's it here. Ridiculous. But I know it you really are. is ridiculous. NF, yeah, it, it makes, you know, years ago they started with the NHL, upper body injuries and lower body. Oh, yeah, just the way they describe. Here, we don't even know what's going on. We don't have a clue. The only reason I know that Abubakar Kamara is not involved is that Parker slips it in, I want to say, one of his uh, reaction videos, you know, um, in the match prior. Not, not this one, but I'm assuming that he's not going to be available because it, it sounded that way that he probably won't be available for this. But again, it'll slip out, but they don't come out and tell you. And I, and I wish that the, they would. So I wish they would. Pra- yeah. Just Craig, thank, thank, yeah. thank you so much for your comment there. But guys, we do have to move on. We've actually, we still have a good amount to talk about. So coming up, we're going to talk about what happened in the first half, the second half, and we're going to end with our prediction for the upcoming match against Nottingham Forest. Okay, guys, let's go into my first half review, I'll just share some key moments. And unfortunately, most of these moments are not good moments, Max, because I'll let you join me to go through the first half because it was dire. It was ugly. This was as boring as boring gets. When you got me saying it's boring, you know something's wrong because it takes a lot for me to say it's boring. <laughs> Max, that was really boring. But I'll just start off right from the get-go. The mistake from Michael Hector, I don't know what's going on with Michael Hector. He was better in the second half, but that mistake was just huge. They were lucky that that was not a goal. They could have been down a couple of goals. Then the fourth minute, you have another mistake by Knockhart, and Bellingham almost scored. There were these two opportunities early on in this match, and then uh, in the 13th minute, Birmingham City hits the woodwork. And later on in the first half, and again, there really isn't much from a Fulham perspective to really talk about what they did. You know, there were shouts from the Birmingham City players that there could have been a penalty on a doy. It didn't look like it to me. It looked like it actually hit his body. But beyond that, the first half was one of the worst halves of football I can remember in a while, Max. Give me your review of the first half. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Dull. Absolute dross. I mean, there, there's nothing there for a I mean, these second. mistakes were horrible. We didn't have a shot on target. No. That's unacceptable. At home, you know, we, we said this all before, but we don't start games well. We haven't done it for a long, long time. It's worrying. I just say we're lucky we didn't concede because although we came back in the QPR match, you know, it's we're not, again, that's not one of our strengths as a team is coming back from a deficit. So if there's any positive to take out of it is that we kept – the clean sheet in that first half yep. didn't break when we were under pressure. But the reality was that was right one of the most boring halves of football. Oh, and that, so. I think, is, is an indictment on, on the players and Parker because there's no reason we should be forced to sit through that. Uh, I think part of it, honestly, is, is the no fans. You know, the cottage isn't the loudest place, but I think something has to do with there being I know, but no I don't want to give them a free pass on that, Max. That no, was... not a free pass. Not yeah. a free pass at all. But I think that perhaps contributed to why it was that bad. Because we've, okay. we've seen poor football this season. But I think that was up there. And I think perhaps the factors that no one was there to cheer them on or give them abuse. You know, that, that's that's the other side of this coin is that when the players aren't doing well, the fans give it back to them. So no excuses, just just observations. Bro. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on to the second half. We said a good amount to talk about here, Giannis. And uh, I'll give you the honors of uh, going through the second half with me. I think – a big decision, and I've been critical of Parker with some of his 
decisions waiting too long. He did make a proactive move, my friend. He brought on Joe Bryan at halftime for Dennis Adoy, and this gave him pace. They needed pace. So obviously something happened at halftime. I believe Rob even said that uh, he believed that, that, again, he probably went at them at halftime, really went at the team. Because everything was just so slow. Well, everything changed in the second half. I think part of it started with the substitution of Joe Bryan. But you have opportunities, again, from Knockhart. And it drives me crazy. I was right from the get-go that he just, again, their opportunities. He just can't score. Then the 60th minute, another pivotal move. He brings on Josh Onima for Harry Archer. And, again, I think this is an important move, a, a turning point. We talked about a couple of turning points. Max talked about. Joe Bryan, but you have to also talk about Anima, I believe. And then 62nd minute, I'm going to talk about Anthony Knockhart again. Goes wide. 65th minute, again, Knockhart. Then you have in, uh, in the 70th minute, you have Cabano coming on for Cavalero. 75th minute, Knockhart hits the side netting. Here's a great opportunity. Hits the side netting. Can he just score an effing goal, guys? I'm giving you all these opportunities from Anthony Knockhart. Just not good enough. And then in the 79th minute, you have a shot by Cabano. 85th minute, you have uh, a shot by Anima. In the 87th minute, this is the really wonderful opportunity, Giannis. Let's stop here. Let's talk about the shot from Joe Bryan and the follow-up from Bobby Decadova-Reed. And I just have to – I'll give credit more here to the goalkeeper camp than blame for the players because I thought – one of them should have scored, but I think this has more to do with the Birmingham City goalkeeper. Your thoughts? Yeah, I thought Cam made some good saves in the second half. People, people on social media are remarking about his size, but he, you know who cares? You know he made he made the saves, and that one they could over meet Reed and miss. Well, I'm not going to miss him saved. I think Mitchell would have put that away. Um, yep. But but again, you know, then you can't be critical that you know he's not there right place, right time. And you know, going back to the halftime thing. Um, I felt I, it was. T- I thought it was tough on Adoy. Um, it was. It, he became the sacrificial lamb because Scotty wanted to change it up, and there's, and that's a difficult decision to make. Um, it's going to be unpopular with the player them, themselves, and it's not because Adoy did anything wrong in the first half. I don't yep. think he did. I just he just felt that he needed two attacking. And it, to be honest, if, if Adoy is going to blame anyone, he should blame Caviero, because the, the 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 lack of you know finish and productivity up front necessitated the need to bring on his left back again to yep. p- provide a great attacking. Going back to the best wide players being his fullbacks. Right. So I felt tough uh, a doy there. Um, Reed should have yeah, should have scored good save. Would Mitchell have scored? Probably. Probably. But again, he's there. I mean, that, that's the thing. He's there. And I, I will never have a problem with um, players not finishing chances if I think the work rate is there, if I think they're putting in a shift. Yeah. And I don't see that from the wide players. I, uh, Decodover Rude, Rude, <laughs> Rude, Reed runs, and he runs, oh, and he, he runs, does. and he runs. I, I, tr- tremendous. And um, I was really glad that he was part of that goal. Um, and I don't think his contribution should be lost there. He's he's fighting his form right now. He's, he, he can't finish. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't. <laughs> Let's call it the way it is. Uh, he but, can't. But, no, he can't. it's unfortunate. But, yeah, it is. But but again, you know, you saw the reaction to the goal, and you saw the way he celebrated. So yep. that that was great. And it is still a team game. 
Yep. Um, but um, I think that um, you know that's where I thought, oh, we're going to score, and then he, Camp made. So let's give credit to Camp. He made some good saves. He did. Camp. He did. But as we get to stoppage time, we're talking about the ninety-fifth minute. Giannis, we have the goal, but this also has to do with the two reads. Harrison Reed, well, first, Bobby Deckard over Reed, setting up Harrison Reed, and then Harrison Reed makes makes the uh, cutback for Josh Onoma, who takes this sweetly and scores the goal. But this also shows me, and this is what Max was, was talking about earlier, why can't we see this throughout the match? Why do we have to see this at the end of the match? Why are they not creating more opportunities like this one, Giannis? At the death, at, at the very end, why does it have to take so long to, to see movement like this? But this is a great goal. It was a superb goal. It was a superb goal. It was superbly worked. It needed everything to go right. And and the thing I was even more – I mean, the, the ball, you know, the recovery from Decadova Reed, the inside pass from Harrison Reed, the run from Onoma, which we have been starved of yep. this year, the ability – of the central midfielder to make that run. And that's why I'm going to go back to K-Mac. K-Mac is the guy that can sit in front of the back four and buy some time and space. If you put Harrison Reed in there with an onoma, you've got a safety blanket in there. It could mean you've got to switch the formation around, but I'd feel safer because if anything goes wrong, you've got a safety net behind you. You've got to give your central midfielders the freedom to roam and push. Yep. And what happened was... That run from Onoma was timed beautifully. And, and, yep. and, and Birmingham, the Birmingham players probably sat in the change room and the, the manager would have said, the only way they were going to beat us was through something, a perfectly crafted goal. And, and it was. Did. And that and would it have was. beaten all teams. It was a yeah. wonderful goal. It was. But why it took that long? Um, well, I didn't see any sign. Well, of course, uh, the wide players weren't there, and that's and there's part of your problem. They weren't right. there because right. if it was wide, what it's was all it? disjointed. Keep going. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, I'm just going to try and pick the same player <laughs> 85 billion times, and then I'm going to lose <laughs> it. And I'm going to do this. Okay. Rap, okay. He, t- he kicked me. Okay. Very good. Let's end with we're going to end the show actually with our prediction for the upcoming match. And if anyone's watching live, feel free to. Share your prediction on the Nottingham Forest match. But before we do that, let's go to man of the match. I said man of the match on full time was Harrison Reed. Max, who's your man of the match? But Harrison Reed is excellent, but I have to give it to Josh Onoma. The impact he made coming off the bench and, of course, the late goal. That's not an easy finish by any means. He had to sweep that low into the near post. The ball's moving quickly. That, to me, was, of course, it's a moment that changed the match. But more yep. than that, it was a moment which I think could kick on Onoma to be a huge player for us in the run-in and in the playoffs. He should start, in my opinion, every single match for us. And he can show why he's progressed so much since when we brought him in the summer. So, for me, he's my man of the match. Okay. What a great moment for him. And he did that against Leeds as well. So, it's not quite a habit yet, but he does he have did. a knack for popping up late and getting winning goals. He did. Not have to give Josh Onam a credit, but I'm still going to go with Harrison Reed. Over to you, Giannis. I thought Rodak was brilliant. Absolutely <laughs> sensational. Another clean sheet. Oh, I did have what a save. You, what can you say? Oh, to, to me, to me, it's how, I mean, Onam made the difference. Reed was the constant, and Reed has been the constant yeah. um, since coming back into the lineup. I thought he was yeah. superb. He, you know, just a, a tremendous work rate, and. Um, 
with Onama playing as well as he did when he came on, let's yep. see what's going to happen with the lineup tomorrow with the chat because this is going to be an interesting game. I, do, I don't think there's much to play for. Maybe some bragging rights ahead of the playoffs. It should yep. be a good game to watch. Okay. Before we go to our predictions, I do have one more comment I want to share with you guys. This is also from Periscope. Sim one I wonder what Parker says to the team before kickoff. What is the positive game plan? Max, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts about that? Because, again, we're talking about it. They seem to start all these matches very slow, very de- deliberate. So what do you think he says to them before these matches? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, we I don't know, but what do you think? May, but I think maybe what the issue is he might say something but the players aren't listening. And that's okay. Um, no, who knows? But what I'd say, I think what he does, in all honesty, I think what he says to them is probably let's just keep the ball. Let's feel them out. Let's ease ourselves into the match, get comfortable, knock the ball around, see where the weaknesses are, and then pick our moments to pounce. Okay. You know, because he definitely doesn't say to them, pin him in first five minutes, send the message. Yep. Or if that message, what that message is, maybe it's the wrong message, but for sure he's not someone who's going to start out the match all guns blazing. I don't know if it's a handbrake that we talked about earlier, but he definitely probably says to them, keep possession, move the ball around. Hopefully you see some spaces move up. Um, but again, as we all say, it has to be quicker. Okay. Yanis, what are your thoughts on that? Because uh, I think it goes to his approach. I, I agree with Max. I think he probably tells him, let's settle into the match. Let's control the match and wait for our moment instead of taking it to a team to begin the match. Yeah, I can't see him being a, a master motivator. I think just probably a very quiet coach, I'd say. Um, yep. it just reminds him of the game plan. So let's, let's just do your job, you know, and just and, and grow into the game. Um, he's not really had yet the playoffs were the biggest games of his or game, yeah, biggest yep. games of his coaching career, and that's where you know he might do something a little bit different, you know, just to get G them up. But I think what I've seen, he's very quiet. I mean, even in the press conferences, you can see he's, you yep. know, he's very reflective. And um, almost insular, so I can't see him just you know throwing hair dryers or stuff around. You know, I think he's probably very very quiet, um, and he probably says keep doing what we do at Motspur Park. Just keep stick to the game plan. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah, it's again, it's a conservative approach, but that's how he was as a player, Giannis. Yes, he was. It was safety first. So I, former in the mirror of Scott Parker, the player, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Scotty was a a super player. Was it? Um, he was with Tottenham, um, Charlton, West Ham, Fulham. So he was a London boy, and he um, was you know like anyone who remembered Ray Wilkins, very yep. similar players. And, and Ray Wilkins was as respected as anybody in the game. He never let players, he never let his teammates down. He never let the team down. Um, he had a good, fairly good disciplinary record, and he, he popped in with the odd goal. So he was what we call a sensible player. I think okay. he's like that. That's his attitude as a coach. He's just able. He's able. He's able. I, I don't know about that characterization, guys, because, yeah, sure, Parker was safety first, but he was aggressive. He was yeah, tenacious. He, he was fierce. This team is none of those things. I don't think it's that simple to make the comparison. But These teams are none of those things. But then I don't think it's – I mean, I've watched – I've been watching what Frank Lampard has done down at that horrible club down the road. And, <laughs> you know, and um, you know, sometimes we don't even – you know, I, I've been uh, – Really impressed by what Lampard's done down there. Yeah, in terms of bringing the young players in, he's done a really good job. 
He has done it very, very quietly. Arteta is another one. If you watch, I know under yeah. Pep's tutelage, but very quiet in terms of what he's done. And young coaches for me, um, young coaches for me need time. You know, I think coaches are, are teachers. Well, they are teachers. Yeah. So, it, you know, you don't go into a classroom and become a master teacher after a year. It takes you years and you're going to make yeah. a lot of mistakes and you'll learn from others and take advice from others as well. So, Max, you know. to your point about Parker, I don't think Parker – Parker might have been tenacious, like you said, but I don't think you would categorize him as forward-thinking, aggressive. I think he was more sideways passing. He was yeah, safety first. Yes, yes, you know, I'm, I'm not going to dispute right? that. But Am I, I wrong think, about that? No, no, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, he wasn't the guy who's going to – but he actually scored a lot of goals. But what I'm trying to say is that if you want to talk about the mentality of the team versus the mentality of him as a player, he was a player who, yes, would never let you down, okay. but also would fight to the death. And yes. I guess you can make the argument these Fulham teams okay, get a lot okay. of goals. Okay, I see, I see what you're saying. Th- I see where you're going is, on that. This team is more passive, and he was an aggressive player. Not okay. dirty, but aggressive. Okay, hmm. okay. All right, guys, let's finish up by going to predictions. I'm going to share one from our friend, Mr. Bugler. Fulham will have the lion's share of possession and get hit on the break twice. 2-0 the fourth. Hope I'm wrong. Max, over to you for your prediction to end the show. Oh, I, I hope he's wrong too, but I, 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 I can't disagree with that. I think I'm not going to say they're going to lose because you know me. I can never predict a full loss, but it's not going to be easy, especially without Mitrovic. I think it will be one-one. I think it will be very. It will be cagey. I don't think there's gonna be a lot in the match, but I can't see us getting out of there with a win, given the way we're playing. And you know, Forest aren't on superb form, but they're in decent form. They're a good side. So okay, I'll say Forest one, Fulham one. Okay, Giannis. I think we're gonna beat them. I think we're gonna beat them one nothing. And 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 the reason is the dramatics of the the late winner against Birmingham and yep. Forest. Dropping a late lead against Derby. I mean, they're most. Oh, I enjoyed rivals. that, by the way. Yeah. I yeah. enjoyed enjoy. Chris, Chris, Chris Martin. Chris Martin scores of all players. Go, Chris Martin. Let's go figure. Um, because, um, and, and oh. if anybody's, I mean, Derby County and Nottingham Forest have a, uh, an ex, you know, for many, many, many years, it was that huge rivalry. Now, of course, you've yeah. Leicester City in there. But Nottingham Forest and Derby really don't like each other, although they both had a manager. Who they absolutely revere and share the stats. That's true, but up. I but I can yeah. tell you from my friend Andy Buckley Taylor, he cannot stand no, Nottingham Forest. I mean, I mean, no. it's passion. It's, it's passion. passion. They yeah. can't stand each other. So no. I'm talking it's about hatred. this. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad. One. It was a. It was um, Forest. A lot of Forest fans are very disappointed, and it's going to feel um, like a letdown. I. I think in in terms of where we are, we're fourth, fifth, fifth. I, I I'm really expecting an open game here. I, I really okay. think it's going to be a good game. I I do think there are going to be changes on both sides, and I think we're going to nick it. I I do think we're going to get something okay. on the road. It'll be but it but a word of warning. It'll be nothing like when if we play them in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be there'll be no bearing. But I think it'll okay. be a game where they know they're in the playoffs. Both teams go out and play. And then we've got the the Bardiffs on Friday, and that's going to be another game. And again, yep. although they're in more trouble in a way because they've got teams like Millwall yep. snapping at the hills. Could, you know, they still may not make playoffs, but, but we're in a safe position right now. Okay, very good. All right, my prediction is going to be Giannis's prediction. I wrote down 1-0. I'm going with it. And, guys, the goal scorer is going to be Anthony Narkar. Yes, I'm going with Anthony <laughs> oh, Narkar <no>. again. <laughs> 
No, it's Darren, it'll be Darren Bent. He's got a better chance of scoring. <laughs> okay. I went with him a couple matches ago. I'm going to go again because oh. he's due. And uh, I'm going to say he's going to score, and I'll say it again. In the 60th minute, Anthony Knockhart will score, and I'm probably going to be wrong. But I'm going to go with Anthony Knockhart. All right. All right. Good show, right. guys. Great show, right. guys. This was a lot of fun. And I want to thank everyone who was uh, watching us live on the Cutterstock Facebook page and also on my Twitter account via Periscope on Russ underscore Goldman. Thank you, everyone, for watching, everyone commenting. And and uh, I love doing these videos. This will also be a podcast, as, as everyone knows, uh, but I'll be releasing that probably in a day or two. But let's wrap this up. For my co-hosts, Giannis Janais and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.